Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. It was that same yearning for freedom that nearly 250 years ago gave birth to a special place called America. It was a small cluster of colonies caught between a great ocean and a vast wilderness. It was home to an incredible people with a revolutionary idea that they could rule themselves, that they could chart their own destiny, and that together they could light up the entire world. Hello, friends. It is Tuesday, the 7th of February. Welcome to Praying for America. And I have a special program I want to share with you tonight that Janet Marana and I taped recently. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's about one of the key aspects of the greatness of America and moving forward, how we have on the calendar certain key days of remembrance. Pearl Harbor Day, of course, September 11th. Uh, But there's another day to be added to that calendar, and Janet and I discuss what that is, and we show you some events that happened recently in Washington, D.C. So I believe that you will be inspired by by this. Uh, So stick with us as we we pray for America together. I wanted to introduce you tonight, those of you that don't know it already, to my book, Pro-Life Reflections for Every Day. This is a daily devotional takes every day of the year and gives a scripture, sometimes a quote from some other religious uh, source, and um, but mostly scripture, and gives a little reflection and a prayer after that, applying the lessons of that scripture to the great battle for life that we are all involved in. So I want to take our, our prayer tonight from, uh, from here and our scripture and invite you to also get a copy of this book. I'll tell you how <clears throat> in just a moment. So in John 11, in the story of the raising of Lazarus from the dead, we read the following in verse 22. Even now, I know that God will grant you whatever you ask of him. Reflection. Lazarus was in the tomb for four days, but Martha and Mary expressed to Jesus the hope that he could raise him even now. That should be our theme as we fight the evil of abortion. Some will say, it has gone on so long it cannot be changed. But despite the culture of death, we are called to hope in the God who has not changed and in His power to defeat abortion even now. Let us pray. Lord, we are the people of hope. Grant us perseverance and victory in the battle for life. Amen. So you can get a copy of this book at ProLifeReflectionsForEveryDay.com. And as you can see, it's a simple, short devotional to add to your daily prayer life. You will be blessed. ProLifeReflectionsForEveryDay.com. So, and in line with that reading, in line with that hope that, yes, even now we can overcome a very, very widespread, powerful culture of death, we are going to share with you here now a, a program that Janet and I produced recently for some of our other broadcasts. 
that it ties in so well with uh, with what we need to do for the greatness of America. So let's watch here together and be encouraged in our battle against the forces of death. Well, hello, I'm Janet Marana, the executive director of Priest for Life. I'm also the executive director of Gospel of Life Ministries and End Abortion US. Welcome to our program. And of course, a lot has happened lately, and we're going to have a very lively discussion today and something that you can think about getting involved in pretty soon. So welcome to my program, pro-life leader, Frank Pavone. Yes, good to be here. Well, you know, we had a fantastic week recently, didn't we, in Washington, D.C. for the yes, March for Life, yes. right? Oh, my goodness, yes. We, I mean, we, we led we, well, we led events on both coasts. Right. We didn't just, people say, oh, you're going to the March for Life. Say, well, we're helping to lead uh, yeah. <laughs> some of the key events, which we could talk about briefly, uh, both on the East Coast and the West Coast, because right. the second largest uh, pro-life march is in San Francisco every year. And this year, once again, it was the very day after the March for Life. That's so, right. And it was great. And By the way, so many people were coming up to both of us and our team, expressing support for me and for us. And, right. and, and, and you know what people kept saying? You'll always be Father Frank to me. And they, I know, they said, I know. I said, well, you know, the term father means you give spiritual life. It's about the relationship. It's not about a, a piece of paper. Right? Exactly. So it was great. It was great affirmation. <laughs> Right. You know, uh, of the movement being a family where we're all supportive of one another. That's right. And to answer the question, too, you know, um, so many people say, how come uh, you're not marching on January 22nd when that's the, the day of the road decision, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And what we have to say is, well, you know, the March for Life has gotten to the point now where they do it on a fr the Friday closest to the 22nd, mm -hmm. you know, is the, the pattern they have, just like the Walk for Life does the Saturday closest to the 22nd. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, what happened was we had the uh, protests and prayers outside of Planned Parenthood that week. On the 19th. On the 19th. On the 20th, we had the actual uh, prayer service, interdenominational and Constitution Hall. Mm -hmm. uh, then we we did the rally, the march, and the silent and more gathering. Mm -hmm. And then on Saturday, we were at the Pro-Life Summit, headed up by the Students for Life. You went to the West Coast. And then a lot of people left. But a good group of people stayed for Sunday, January 22nd. And that's what I want to zero about today. January 22nd is a day we should not forget. Don't you agree? I mean... <clears throat> it initiated the biggest Holocaust in human history. That's right. This is the American Holocaust. And that's the frame of mind that we have to have. So we gathered uh, on January 22nd with other pro-life leaders. We were one of the sponsoring groups mm -hmm. along with Faith, Faith, uh, Faith and Liberty, uh, Christian Defense Coalition, and uh, Stanton Healthcare. Mm -hmm. And uh, we came together and uh, it was a beautiful, it was, it was not about speeches. It was prayers, scripture verses, all remembering the victims of Roe. 64 and a half million babies have been lost. And those are the only ones that we could get some handle on, right. real numbers. Right. And as you know, some of the states that do the most abortions aren't even mandated to report the numbers. So we know it must have been greater than that, but at least that. And then, of course, women still died in these abortion clinics after Roe. They made it sound like, oh, once we had Roe, oh, safe, legal, and rare, like Bill Clinton used to say. Baloney. We have documentation of women still dying. We know from Rachel's Vineyard and Silent No More, women were still physically and psychologically damaged. Fathers, grandparents, you know, the list goes on and on. And so not to pause every year on January 22nd and not come to prayer 
uh, for all these victims. I mean, they they do it every year for Pearl Harbor. And how long ago did that happen, right? They do it for September 11th. Yes, rightfully so. But if you were to add up all the victims of all the wars our country's ever fought, and you could toss in, you know, uh, September 11th too, it Oh, it, it doesn't pales. come close. It doesn't come close. So we have got to get our pro-life friends in the mindset that on January the 22nd, we have got to do something. Yes, it's a day of mourning. It's a day of remembrance. It's a day of of repentance. It's a day, you know, actually, since the Dobbs case came out, it's more important than ever that we go to the Supreme Court on January 22nd to mourn these children. And let me explain what I mean. The Dobbs case pointed out that the decision the Supreme Court issued on January 22nd of 1973 invented a right to abortion out of thin air, which means that the responsibility is squarely on the Supreme Court. In other words, Dobbs, one of Dobbs' key arguments was, you look at American history prior to that day, right, and no state constitution asserted a right to abortion. No. No state court asserted a right to abortion. No federal court asserted such a right. No law in federal law asserted such a right. No law in state law asserted such a right. No scholarly treatise about the law asserted such a right. It was nowhere. So whose responsibility was it that those 64 and a half million babies were legally killed? The responsibility is squarely on the Supreme Court. That's why when we mourn these babies, as we were going to show people with this this video clip, we went there. Right. We went there to the Supreme Court. And, and like you're saying, we want this to be an annual observance within the pro-life movement. It needs to be. It needs to o- be. Otherwise, you know, the other side uses it as a day of celebration. Well, that. Uh, well, uh, and now. That's the that, stick thing. And the other yeah. side, too, as we know. Uh, on January 22nd this year, we were there prayerfully, but a little bit later that day, they were there, uh, you know, demanding that we bring back abortion. The fake right. Right. The uh, invented right. The invented yeah. right. They marched and protested later that same day saying, mm-hmm. give us back Roe, give us back Roe. Let's keep killing babies till birth. I mean, so we really have to memorialize that day of all these victims of, of, of Roe. Yeah. The victims are manifold, you know, as our abortion shockwaves project shows. Ma, the baby, of course, primary victim, mom, dad, grandparents, siblings, aunts, uncles, cousins, other relatives, the friends, the abortionists themselves and their staff. But then beyond that, abortion's damage comes to all of us. We're all wounded. We're all we're all less because of this deliberate killing. And the damage also done and the Dobbs case brought this out is to our whole American system of government. And, and the bishops have brought this out in some of their documents, too, how it, Roe has been a poison on our society. It has distorted the law. It has distorted the court system. It has, has disfigured judicial confirmation hearings. That's right. right. What Justice Thomas went through, what Justice Kavanaugh went through, it's all because of abortion. That's right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to show you a clip from this service. So stay with us. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to End Abortion US. And at the end of our program, I'm going to give you an opportunity to get a free gift from us. Well, as promised now, let's take a look at the beautiful prayer service that we did this year on January 22nd. So let's take a look. Um, I am Peggy Neighbor, Vice President of Faith and Liberty. Thank you for joining us today on January the 27th. Um, our event today has a new title because of the change, and we are calling this Prayers and Remembrance Victims of Roe. Today with Bible verses, reflections, and prayers, we're going to remember those women and babies that were victims of Roe. And so I will introduce each of the speakers who will come up with... Uh, a reflection prayer or a Bible verse. I'm going to start off today with a Bible verse. For God alone, my oh my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from Him. He is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, I shall not be shaken. Trust in Him at all times. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. And that's from Psalm 62 five to six. It's my honor to uh, introduce Janet Miranda. She's with Silent No More. Well, Lord, we stand here on the 50th sad memorial of the American Holocaust. Yes, Lord, 65 and a half million babies, but 65 and a half million moms and dads wounded by this decision. And Lord, we want to remember Norma McCorvey, a dear friend of mine, who right before she passed away spoke to me and said, Janet, please continue. Please see to it that that sad decision that had my name attached to it is overturned. I'm not going to be here to keep fighting, but please don't stop until it's done. So on June the 24th, Lord, at 10, 10 a.m., when that decision, Lord, was came down, I looked to the heavens, I pray, and said, Norma, promises kept, promises kept. You can now rest in peace, because Norma never rested, Lord. You know that, you knew her heart. It grieved her every day that when she was that young girl and signed on the dotted line, that this would be the result. And she worked tirelessly. She begged the court to hear her Lord, begged the court to reconsider the decision and they refused to hear her case. So Lord, please keep good care of Norma. Let her now, Norma, you can rest and know. And Norma, we will promise that we will never let our country forget those 65 and a half million babies, moms and dads, and all the family members that were wounded by this decision. This is more lives lost, Lord, than all the wars this country has ever fought. And adding in all the other tragedies like September 11, calculating them all, Lord, I know this decision took more lives than all of it together. And Lord, we repent as Americans we repent for this, Lord, that we allowed this to happen. And Lord, I lift up to you the women of Silent No More who did make that sad decision because it was legal. And those women who have gone through healing and courageously witnessed, Lord, to their regret. I lift them up to you, Lord. Keep giving them the strength 
to continue to speak the truth of the damage of abortion did to their lives and destroyed their children, Lord, and bring more people to healing, Lord. You know who they are. You know where they are. All over our country, so many people are still hurting. So I pray today, Lord, please bring them to the abortion recovery programs. Heal them. And we will continue, Lord, with that message that your mercy never ends. Amen. And now we'll hear from... Uh, Father Frank Pravone, Priest for Life. Let us pray. Lord, on this eventful day, we turn to you with the trust that your followers over the centuries have had in invoking your healing balm upon the nations. Heal the wounds of the moms and dads. Lord, also heal the wounds of the grandparents who have lost grandchildren to abortion. Heal the wounds of the siblings that have lost a brother or sister Heal the wounds of the other family members who feel the loss of these children. Heal the wounds of the friends who regret taking their friend for an abortion or advising it or paying for it. They too have been scarred by this devastating act. Lord God, abortion destroys everything it touches. Heal the abortionists who for every child that they dehumanized, they themselves became more dehumanized. Their staff, all the clinic workers. And Lord, we pray today for the victims of abortion in our nation's legislative and legal process. That has been wounded. The law has been bent and disfigured. Judicial proceedings have been bent and disfigured and harmed our entire democratic process of the representation by the people and the work of their representatives has been disfigured by Roe v. Wade. And now, Lord, let the healing begin that we may get back to the proper way of debating this issue and of restoring protection to these children. Lord, we will remember each and every child killed by abortion. While others try to make us forget, we will continue to point to these babies, our brothers and sisters, not just someone else's problem, someone else's child, or someone else's choice but our brothers and sisters. And because of that, finally, Lord, we pray for healing for ourselves because we, we standing here, we watching this service online, we hearing these words, all of us have been wounded by abortion. Whether we have had any direct involvement in it or not, we have been scarred. And Lord, we turn to you as the people living on a land where innocent blood has been shed, we know your word tells us we've got to answer for that blood. 
And so today we do. And as the people of old did, we turn to you, Lord, and say, forgive the guilt of innocent blood on the land your people occupy. Forgive us for anything we have failed to do in speaking up for these children and their families. And heal us, Lord God, of this devastating wound. We pray in the name of the only Lord, the only Savior, the only hope of humanity, the author of life and the conqueror of death, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I'd like to introduce Karen Garnett, who will be speaking next. Thank you. I'm Karen Garnett. I'm Chief, Chief Culture Officer at Heroic Media and President of the National Prayer Luncheon for Life out of Dallas, Texas. I was 10 when the road decision was handed down and my heart was pierced as a 10-year-old. God moved my family to Dallas in 1979 and my first March for Life here was with Norma, with Norma McCorvey, the Jane Roe of Roe v. Wade um, in the year 2000. And so today, as we are here celebrating, praising God for the overturning of Roe and Doe, I want to also make sure that we're remembering Norma and Sandra Kano and speak truth make sure truth is known. Father Frank and Janet and I were very, very blessed to be close personal friends with Norma from 1995 when she came out of the abortion industry all the way up to her death on February 18, 2017. The pro-life community loved her we embraced her, we welcomed her as a member of our family without, without, without wavering. A beautiful member of the pro-life community in Dallas took Norma into her home from the fall of 2012 until New Year's Day of 2016, free of charge cared for her, loved her. That's where she lived until her health was in such a state of decline that she needed to go into assisted living. And that's when she moved down to Katy, Texas. I met her daughter, her oldest daughter, Melissa, and her husband, Eric. And we remained in contact over the next 13 months. However, Norma was very upset that she had lost her car, she had lost her freedom, she was in assisted living, and um, yeah, she participated in a documentary and said a lot of things that were very, very shocking to all of us that we know in our hearts not to be true because it was myself, it was Father Frank, it was Janet who Melissa called the week that Norma was dying. I had the honor the blessing the privilege to go down to be in Norma's hospital room to spend three nights in the room with her in hospital and hospice praying the prayers of the church singing songs at her bedside and helping her to prepare to pass to the Lord 
on the morning of her passing, Saturday morning, February 18th, just before she died, her son-in-law called and said, would you like to say goodbye to Norma? It's close. Yes. Norma, I love you so much. Love you too, honey. Father Frank and Janet were in Rome right before Norma died, an hour before she died. Phone to the ear. Norma was able to say to them before she died, keep fighting. After and songs, prayer songs that I emailed down to her son-in-law were laid on the phone on her chest in her final 30 minutes before she passed. So the pro-life movement and the church were with Norma every step of the way, including in her last moments. And it was us who her daughter asked Father Frank, myself, Janet, to come. Father presided over her funeral. I gave the eulogy. This is Norma. This is our Norma. Every year when their anniversary would come around, this anniversary, Norma would just be devastated, depressed, sad, even though she'd converted because she felt so responsible for the death of so many. So today, even as Norma is now six years in eternity, Norma, we're thinking of you. We're on the front of these steps with you, with you, with Sandra. Father, I thank you so much for your great mercy and your love. Thank you, Lord, that even though Norma and Sandra were used and exploited for these horrible cases, that both of them were 100% for you after January 22nd, 1973, years later, especially for Norma, when she came to know the truth. Father, thank you. Thank you for your mercy upon Norma for bringing her out of having worked in four different abortion facilities in Dallas. You are a God of mercy and love and conversion. We thank you that the Dobbs decision overturned those cases on June the 24th of 2022. Lord, we remember the 64 million who have died each with a face, each with a name, each with you forever. We ask you to please help us as we persevere moving forward until every life is protected. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. It's a video. We have Janet Morana here, who's uh, uh, one of the key organizers of this January 22nd memorial event. You see our team, Reverend Pat Mahoney and others, carrying these flowers and uh, bringing them to the Supreme Court, uh, where we are going to memorialize uh, validity because the court has overturned it. But we are walking now. There's the Supreme Court. This is right across the street from our Priest for Life office here in Washington. And we're gonna have this memorial service and just place these flowers here in remembrance of the 65 and a half million babies killed and of the many moms that have lost their lives in so-called safe and legal abortion facilities. And we are continuing to pray and witness here on this momentous day.
I mean, it was beautiful, wasn't it? I, I, we, I, mean, I was so glad to be there. Um, and, and the laying of the flowers, you know, um, and, and everyone should know, the amount of flowers that we laid in front of the Supreme Court that day was 3,000, because mm -hmm. that represents the number of children that are killed every day, that were killed every day, approximately, because of abortion and because mm -hmm. of Roe. And you average and, it out, yeah. And you average it out. But it, don't, didn't you feel um, like a, a, a sense of, yes, these children's lives will be remembered as you place those flowers right, down, right? Right, right, right. Well, for anybody who has done that, you know that it brings a, a, a tremendous experience. You, you really feel like you're doing a, 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 a solemn thing. You are feeling connected with the humanity of those children. Right. Uh, you're doing things that people do at uh, wake services and funerals of adults. Right. And so what it does is it gives people the experience of the humanity of the babies. And that's, that's a key way that we end abortion. Right. We have to rehumanize the child. In the process of that, we rehumanize ourselves. What's the human response? to the death of a human being. It's the kind of service, the kind of memorializing, the kind of mourning, the kind of honoring that we that you just saw in that in that clip. Right. That's the idea. You have a service like this, you're rehumanizing everyone involved, not just the baby. You're rehumanizing yourself because Janet, to respond to the problem of abortion just by considering it some kind of abstract debate or even worse by considering it a right, right or choice, mm -hmm. you're dehumanizing yourself because yeah. you're not exercising the proper human response to another human being. Right. See, so that's what, what a service like this reverses. That's the dynamic it reverses. That's right. It was, it was great. Everybody there was very moved. Uh, so uh, I want to challenge our viewers to spread this program right now. Show other people. Uh, it will also be on, you know, endabortion.tv. It'll also be on our YouTube feed. Yes. And what you can do is present this to your Respect Life Committee mm -hmm. in your church or in your school if there's a pro-life club, and say to people, "Hey, let's get the vision for next year. Mm -hmm. Even if we're not going, first of all, if you're going to be in Washington, maybe you could stay till Monday because it will fall on a Monday next year in 2024." And if you can't do that, when you get home, have something in your hometown, right. in your churches. Right. Uh, it could be in, in town square. And you could make your own little banner that says, remembering the victims of Roe, and we're going right, to have a prayer right, service. Right. Invite your local clergy of all denominations, because that's what we had. We had clergy across the breadth of uh, Christianity. Uh, they are leading prayers and reading, and reading uh, Bible verses. Mm -hmm. So I really, really hope... Uh, that people get on board with that. Well, and we're going to be developing all through the year, as we always do, online resources that people can use, specific prayers, right. uh, how to structure a, a, a memorial service like this, ideas for, for, for sermons and homilies and talks right. Right. On, the, uh, on the topic uh, for that day, mm -hmm. uh, all kinds of things right. that churches can use, families can use, pro-life groups can use, It'll all be there uh, uh, online as we as we. And do when this. you think about it, you can even do this service in your in your local courthouse, like outside your local courthouse, because it was the courts that yeah, did it. So yeah. if you want to be symbolic, then do it. If you can't do it in your church, you know, do it in the courthouse mm -hmm. and say, it started in a court, so we're here to remember. Let's not forget. And and, and it's an act of repentance too, you right? Know? And that's another thing. Again, going back to the Dobbs case that overturned Roe. 
That decision really reads like an act of repentance. Those justices are saying, we were wrong, we were egregiously wrong, we were prideful, we were arrogant, we were taking this process of deciding uh, how much protection these babies should have out of the hands of the American people. We arrogated it to ourselves to say that the word person does not include the unborn. And, and now they were saying, wow, what a big mistake we made. Exactly. So, so, so there's the act of repentance. When people are coming and taking part in a memorial service like this, what they're also saying is, what a mistake I made for not speaking up more for the unborn. Exactly. Throughout my life until today, I didn't speak up as much as I should. I didn't, I didn't take action as much as I should. Maybe I didn't vote as much as I should. Now that's going to start to change. Right. So we memorialize, and in so doing, we repent and we recommit to do more for the unborn. That's right. January 22nd, a day that will live in, in infamy. Infamy. And of course, as promised, here's, Here we our, are. here's our free gift for oh, all is, our viewers. This is. And this, first of all, if you want to see a picture of uh, Norma McCorvey, it's inside here. Uh, and they can see her. Uh, there she is. Here's Miss Norma in this in this booklet. And there's some great little uh, facts that you can repeat to debate this issue in here. It talks about our different ministries, and it also just gives some basic facts. It tells you how to reach out to help uh, women who are pregnant and in need. It tells you about a prayer campaign. Mm -hmm. it tells you about Silent No More, Rachel's Vineyard. There's so much in this. It's called You Can Save Someone's Life Today. And all you have to do, brothers and sisters, is go to our online store at ProLifeProducts.org. We will send you as many copies of this as you would like. You can give it out in your churches, in your pro-life groups. You can save someone's life today. A quick snapshot to give you some basic facts at your fingertips. So thank you again for a wonderful right, program. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. And remember, go to endabortion.tv where you can see our schedule of all our weekly programs. Thank you. And God bless. Well, friends, I'm grateful to you, grateful to Janet, grateful for all the uh, other leaders that were involved in that beautiful event. And let's gather up our prayers now, uh, for, including those that you leave in the comments, how we can pray for you, of course, is something we welcome you to tell us each night. And uh, also the prayers that remain in your hearts. Let's all pray for one another and for this great country and for our unborn children. Father, we turn to you with uh, deep praise and deep confidence and hope. Uh, Lord, as our hearts are filled with distress and sorrow over violence in our, in our land and over the scar uh, of abortion on our country, nevertheless, we know that even now you can turn things around. And we ask that by remembering uh, the events of January 22nd and the impact that it has had on us, by remembering this always, uh, we will indeed come to a culture of life in this land. And we pray now in the words that Jesus gave us, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks, friends. Tune in again tomorrow. And meanwhile, follow me on social media at FR Frank Pavone. Connect with Right Side Broadcasting at RSB Network. Be sure you have your account on Getter. We're grateful to them for broadcasting these programs as well. And we will be back with much more tomorrow. God bless. 
powerful new voices are arising in the debate over abortion. The voices of those who have actually experienced it. From coast to coast, women and men who have lost children to abortion are speaking out about its pain and devastation and about the healing and forgiveness they have found through the pro-life movement. Their witness is changing hearts and minds. Former U.S. Senator Zell Miller writes, The most poignant sight for me at this year's annual pro-life march and demonstration in Washington, D.C. was the large number of women holding signs saying they regretted their abortions. Celebrity Kourtney Kardashian says, I looked online and I was sitting on the bed hysterically crying, reading these stories of people who felt so guilty from having an abortion. I was reading these things of how many people are traumatized by it afterwards. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.